And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague. Hey, what's up, everybody? Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app. Happy, uh, happy Sunday evening to everybody out there. Brandon Sprague here on my East Coast co-host, Lucy Burge, joining us yet again on a Back to the Futures episode where we have a lot to dive into. We've got the start of the NBA playoffs underway. we got some games in action now, and we'll give you updates throughout the show. Uh, we got to get to some NFL news and notes. And then uh, coming up today, we've got Jack Fritz, who is a host of the BetQL Weekends and also works at uh, one of our Odyssey stations in Philly, WIP. And he's going to hop on, and we will talk NBA playoffs, some action that he's had, including one parlay that just absolutely killed us when we heard about it. So Jack Fritz will join us coming up uh, in about 11 minutes. But uh, happy Easter, Lucy. How is uh, the holiday treating you? And how is the betting on NBA playoffs treating you? Well, happy Easter, Sprague. It was a, I would qualify this day as a day with an air of chaos. And that's not bad, but there's just a lot going on. First of all, we had Easter. In Boston, it is the weekend of the marathon. The Boston Marathon is happening, so it is nuts. Red Sox home opener was Friday. We had Jackie Robinson Day and one Boston Day on Friday. Everything was going on. Then Easter today, I traveled to Connecticut to see my family, had a lovely day. I arrived back to Boston. And it is a beautiful day. I arrive as the Red Sox win their game. Fantastic win. The Yankees lose. So it's even sweeter. The Orioles blew doors over them, blew them out. Um, And then it's just a beautiful day. I get out of my car to walk to my apartment and it starts hailing and snowing. And it's just pouring hail while it's sunny out. And this is the moment that I knew this was during the Celtics game. Huge game against the Nets here at the TD Garden. I knew the Celtics were going to win this game and they were going to take game one, no matter what, even when it was tied, even when the nets were ahead, I knew the Celtics were going to win. And that's why I have Celtics in six. We can get to that. But I knew when the sun came out and, and have you ever seen it rain on a sunny day, Creedence Clearwater revival. And I was like, yes, this is the Celtics day on this Easter miracle Sunday. If the Red Sox can win it, the Celtics can certainly win it against the nets and Kyrie. And it was just a day of just so much happening. Yeah, Lucy, let's let's just start with that because I, I think you're hitting the most important game of the weekend, at least so far um, as we speak. We got Chicago-Milwaukee going, and then later you've got Phoenix uh, opening up their first round against the uh, nine-seed, a.k.a. the eight-seed uh, via the play in the New Orleans Pelicans. But let's talk about what I think might have been the best game of the weekend so far, depending on your perspective from the betting angle. And that was Brooklyn game one in Boston. A 2-7, a very unconventional 2-7, because by everybody's uh, estimation, Brooklyn, talent-wise, with Katie and Kyrie, could be as good as a one seed in the Eastern Conference. So Boston getting kind of the short end of the stick with Brooklyn in round one, a 2-7 matchup. Uh, Boston coming in today as a four-point favorite, and it was just an absolutely insane game that ended with Jason Tatum in one of the more wild end-of-the-game possessions. You'll see Jalen Brown goes baseline, dribbles out to a Marcus Smart, I, I don't know about you, Lucy. I thought Smart was shooting that shot. I'm like, yeah. he's open. He's got two. The clock's at two seconds. I think instincts would normally, for everybody else, kick in to just shoot this ball. He up fakes. He gets Claxton and Brown to bite. He goes through him, sees Tatum cutting, gives him the ball. Tatum spins game-winning shot right past Kyrie, and they win at the buzzer. So Brooklyn actually covers the uh, four-point spread of this one. The over hit as well. 
Uh, but what were what was maybe your big takeaway from today? I, I have one, but I want to hear yours. Um, as this series, you said you have Celtics in six. I'm curious what your big yes. takeaway from the game was. My big takeaway is how angry it makes me that Kyrie is good at basketball. I am furious <laughs> that you can't go all in against him because he's good. And he, for all of the antics that he has pulled off over the years, whether with the Celtics, whether returning to Boston, Kyrie versus Celtics fans is one of the unsung rivalries. It's not unsung really, but it should be more valued than it is because these fans will scream anything at him and he yeah. will go right. I mean, we saw today, there's a video going around on Twitter. It's not really on the air friendly, but it is uh, he went back at Celtics fans walking through the, the tunnel but yep. it is, I, I am telling you, the electricity at TD Garden could power the whole city right now. That was as electric, even Zach was texting us about this during the game. Like, it was as electric a crowd as you could ever see, especially because of Kyrie. It is the playoffs. They, this is the matchup I wanted in the Nets and the Celtics, for sure, for this reason. Because Kyrie, mm. this is that song, I could not ask for more. This game, you could not ask for more in this game because it was tied, because the Nets were winning, the Celtics could pull ahead. All of that stuff, the winning at the buzzer. You have Kyrie it, it, with the crowd right behind him, yelling in at him, he can hear it. And of course, and he's making like crying motions, like, oh yeah, like I'll cry fans. And it's in his head but he doesn't let it affect his play. And that makes me so mad because I want to get on him for that or for being a terrible player, but he is a good basketball player. He had 39 points in this game and that makes me really angry and it makes this win a little less sweet, but all the sweeter because I still have Celtics in six at plus 190. I took the, the series to go six games. I am just angry that Kyrie is good. And that's why I think this will be a series because they have Kyrie. They have Kevin Durant, but Kyrie is going to lead this team and he has a personal vendetta here. So yeah. I think that will propel him too. But that's why I'm taking this to go six games because they could have easily won that today. Well, it should be noted, by the way, before he did the crying thing that everybody's seeing, before that, he was caught with both hands behind his afro giving the Boston crowd double birds. Oh, I'm sure. And that's... And then he brings his hands around, and that's when he did the crying thing. Look, Kyrie, awful dude, hell of a basketball player. It's all you exactly. can say about him. You, you know he's going to be a threat every single game that he laces him up. Him and KD are a problem. This was one of my big takeaways, though. I, I've liked Boston in this series. I, I kind of lean your pick, Boston in six. Um, I don't think there's much of a home court in Brooklyn the way that there could be in Boston. And so I, I think Boston's going to be able to win a game on the road. This is mainly why I have Boston in six, and I saw it come to fruition today. When you have just two players as your primary scores, you don't have a lot of else, and you don't have a lot of, like, third options out there, right? Like, Patty Mills could get hot. Seth Curry could conceivably get hot. Bruce Brown's had a few games, right? Like, I think the difficult thing for them is who are you getting it from? And today you largely got it from Kyrie, as you mentioned, 39 points. Kevin Durant did not have a great game. Kevin Durant right. was missing shots left and right from the field, and they got a good game from Goran Dragic. Now, I, I don't know how, how how much can you rely on that. Is that going to be Goran Dragic the rest of the series? Eh, eh. Patty Mills has not been good in the second half of the season, and this is why I took Boston, Lucy. I, I just think you look through Brooklyn, and it's as dangerous as they can be and as close as they were to stealing game one. Kyrie played one of the best games, maybe the best game he'll play this series, and they lost. 
So, like, what happens if he takes a step back, KD takes a step up? Are you going to get any production from the third piece? And that was my biggest question going in the series. It's why I like Boston, whereas, like, Boston, to me, even without Time Lord, is a slightly more complete roster. Now, you mentioned you had Boston at plus 190. I want to go to another series here. A lot of people, Lucy, were all over this Toronto-Philadelphia series. Will James Harden choke? Can the Raptors upset the Sixers? What happens if Philly loses? Well, it didn't matter because Philly was a a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and they largely just blew the brakes off of the Toronto Raptors uh, in game one. The overhit in this game as well, and it should be noted four and two so far on the overs of game ones. The favorites have been four and two so far. Uh, but Philly, James doesn't have a great game, but Philadelphia gets a lot from Tyrese Maxey. Jo- Joel Embiid has a good game, and Philadelphia dominates the Raptors. Uh, Sixers started the series at minus 184 to win it. Uh, now going into it, Sixers are minus 405 to win it. So that game one has swung a lot of the views uh, of Vegas. Definitely. And that is why even before that game, I had Sixers and four because I always like to root for Doc Rivers. No matter what, I'm like, Doc Rivers. Really? They, is that I a just, Boston thing? Yeah, it is. It's definitely oh. a Boston thing. But I just, I I always think of Doc Rivers as just a winning guy, of course. So I, with Embiid and Harden and Doc Rivers together, I was on Sixers in four and now I'm even more so. Like they could even, you know, if there was three games, maybe they could just Oh, you didn't go sweep them? Yeah, no, I do. Really? I think there's, there's got to be a sweep here. There's got to be some sweep. Why can't the Sixers do it? Well, the Sixers could definitely sweep Toronto. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't blow me away. But I, th- I think the thing with Toronto is there's still such a young team that I think there's going to be a game, maybe two, where they put it together. They're super athletic. If Harden's not playing well and Joel has even an iffy night, I think Toronto could take advantage of it. But I think after that game one, that's a series that a lot of people thought, oh, well, Toronto could pull the upset off. Eh, doesn't feel that way. Speaking of upsets, Lucy, I kind of want to run through, through, uh, through some of these games. We'll talk about these with Jack Fritz as well of yes. BetQL Weekends and WIP Sports Radio. Minnesota on the road against Memphis. Minnesota, seven-point dogs on the road. Uh, the overhits in this one, and Minnesota wins outright in game one. Lucy stealing game one. Obviously, they win as a seven-point dog. Are we looking at a T-Wolves upset here, or is this one of these game one, Minnesota played a playoff game to get to this point. They're kind of more you know, fresh, whereas Memphis was shaking off a few days of rust. I think there could be an upset. There's got to be some it. kind of upset here. I like the upset here. Give me the Timberwolves. I actually, I love it. I think there's yes. got to, there, there has to be some kind of upset. This is the NBA playoffs. There has to be something like this. I think Memphis could, they won't be walking in Memphis here. I think it'll be Timberwolves upset them. I don't know how many, maybe five games. You think the T-Wolves are going to beat Grizzlies in five games? Yes. Let's go. Oh, my God. Zach, write that down. I'm writing write that, that down. Write that down. Write it in cursive and embroider that on a pillow. If, Lucy, I'm going to tell you right now, if you really believe that, I, I think you should go take your $1, and I think you should bet on it. Uh, the Grizzlies started this series as minus 320 to win it. Uh, the Timberwolves, by winning that game, Jumped to just plus 108. Grizzlies dropped all the way yeah. down to a minus 126 with the Timberwolves winning. I have a T-Wolves in six series ticket here. Um, I'm really hoping that they can pull it off because I just, going into this thing, they split their season series 2-2. This is a really interesting matchup to me. And it always was, despite what Minnesota was or was not going to do against the Clippers to get that seven seed. I just think it's another young team. It's two young teams facing up against each other. 
Whereas, like, as good as the Grizzlies have been all year, I think Minnesota really kind of found a rhythm late in the season. Carl Anthony Towns could not have played any worse against the Clippers in their plan. They somehow win that game basically without him doing anything. He had more fouls than he had made field goals. And so I, I just looked at that and wondered, could Cat shake that off if he can? And he can be the Carl Anthony Towns that we know. This is going to be a very difficult matchup. And you saw it. Jaron Jackson Jr. has a tough time defending Carl Anthony Towns, as does Steven Adams. And so I just – I didn't look at that front court as a huge uh, defensive – you know, pushback against Carl Anthony Towns. It was just a matter of could he stay on the court, not get into foul trouble. And then you got Anthony Edwards. I mean, you're talking about a 20-year-old wonder kid who's a football player basically playing basketball. Right. If those two guys are going to have that series and D'Lo can give you more than 10, which is what he did, uh, Minnesota, maybe, you're, maybe you'll be right and maybe my bet will be right at T-Wolves winning this series in six. But that was a really fun game one because I think we have two young teams who – will probably grow to hate each other by the end of the series. Exactly. And this is what you need. You need something like this, some kind of upset. So there, it's like a March Madness, but NBA. Timber, I, Timberwolves, I have a lot of faith in, in them. Yeah, Lucy, Zach is saying in the chat, yeah, T-Wolves yeah. in five is at plus 750. If you like, Look if at you that. really believe that bet, I, I would strongly consider going and laying some some money on that because, they're, that, that, I mean, that's amazing value. You're getting over seven to one odds. You know what? I might even put maybe two or three dollars on that. I might go wild. <laughs> I might go absolutely insane with this oh. bet and put maybe three or maybe four dollars on that and look uh, at that return after the series. Miami. Be... <laughs> <Outstanding>. <laughs> Miami easily covers the under in that game hits. Golden State easily covers six point spread against Denver. The over hits in that and Utah uh, gets stuck in kind of a barn burner against a team not playing with their best player. Luka Doncic's probably going to be out till at least game three. Utah ends up covering at the last minute with free throws. They win by six. The under hits in that game. Any takeaways from Golden State, Utah, or Miami? Or is it one of those not as intriguing type series situations for you? Well, not as intriguing, except for Trey Young. Like, poor Trey Young. Like, that is my takeaway, is this is his confidence must be shot. And I'm sure maybe it's not because he's a professional and he. You must not know Trey Young, Lucy. I don't yeah, think his no. can be shot at all. Right, that's what I think. So I, I think it. That's just kind of a nightmare for him. And I think he's he's gonna be fine. But my takeaway was like, how does that happen? Like the Heat are just living up to their name. They were on fire. So I think that that was my takeaway. Was like the, I was like, do I take Heat in four now? But then I'm like, nah. I'm just I'm still thinking Hawks in six. You still think the Hawks are going to win the series in six? Maybe they could. Let's do that, oh. too. Write oh that down. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Lucy has T-Wolves in five and Hawks coming Hawks back in six. in six. Let's go. That's a tough one. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. We got some NFL news and notes, some odds and ends to discuss as well. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we're writing we these We are down. writing these down. Like, yep, Sharpie. I'm definitely writing these down because by the time we talk next week, Lucy's going to be like, yeah, that didn't happen. And, uh, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's right. Roll that tape. Bring back that. We have a record of this. So we'll get to our odds and ends. And then coming up next, Jack Fritz, who is BetQL weekend host and also works at Sports Radio WIP. We'll get his thoughts on these other series that we didn't dive into and the ones we talked about as well. Jack Fritz of BetQL Weekends joins Back to the Futures next here on the BetQL Network. It's Chelsea Messenger helping you bet smarter on the daily tip, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app and search BetQL to beat the books. Your home for wagertainment is the BetQL Network.
It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Yeah, he's as accurate as it comes, you know, within the first five yards, and after that, he has to throw the ball. I just, when, when Tyreek Hill is running deep down the field next year and Tua doesn't even think about throwing it, or he throws it 20 yards underneath, he's not going to be happy about it. I mean, Tyreek Hill can take a slant and go. We've seen that a million times. But he also is a deep ball threat. Without yes. a quarterback that can throw a He's deep gonna ball. He's going to be now. wanting out of Miami. I give it four games. <laughs> I can't wait for these uh, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, three-yard crossers all day, oh, every yeah. day. There's no way a defense will figure out how to stop that. What? These guys are fast? What are we going to do now? That yeah. this right. two, two is more likely to lose the job by midseason anything else. BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern from the BetQL Network. At least we have a star. Yeah, so I'm with you guys. I'll go under on Is the Diamondbacks. It doesn't matter if he's staying. We just need him to win enough games this year. Yeah. And he'll stay, by the way. Just got to take those years down from like 13 to about 8, 9. Nobody wants to be anywhere for 13 years. No, I mean, I get scared for, like, I was literally looking through somebody's Instagram feed that I know that I used to work with. She got married, and she was in a wedding dress. She was, at, she was 13? No, no. Like, oh. she, 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 no, but I was just like, really? wow, that's a lifetime thing. So like, thir- are like, you afraid of commitment, Tristan? I mean, I'm in this three-year contract, and sometimes I wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> and I love y'all. Do you? And I love y'all. I sleep like, right But there's just, there's just any, like, any level of like yo you're here now you're here now you, don't have, you can't say over. nothing you can't say nothing you can't do nothing you're here now you no matter what you're here bet mgm tonight 7 to 11 eastern from the betql network america's home for wagertainment the best players in the league perform even better with a great assist and using betql to help take your sports betting to the next level it's an mvp move BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from betql's team of wagering experts betql has you covered for pro and college games football basketball baseball and even hockey and soccer it's time to get better at betting with betql visit betql.com and use promo code bet for 20 percent off that's 20 percent off with promo code bet at betql.com let's get back to more back to the futures with lucy burge and brandon sprague only on the betql network all right welcome back in back to the futures here brandon sprague lucy burge joining you every sunday evening happy easter to everybody that observes it uh we just ran down a lot of our favorite uh takeaways from round one the biggest thing i think i took away is that lucy has the timberwolves in five and Atlanta, who just got work today, coming back and somehow winning that series against uh, Miami in that six. Is, that is my ludicrous welcome to Atlanta bet of the year. Oh, right my. It, it, I, hope, I hope that you bet $2 on that one and up your bets by double. Uh, yeah. So you can get some cash and some action on that one. But, Lucy, it's time. Let's talk with our good friend Jack Fritz of BetQL Weekends. He also works at Sports Radio WIP. And covers the Philadelphia Phillies. Does a good podcast as well. 
and he joins us now. Jack, thanks for hopping on, my man. What's been your biggest takeaway from round one, game ones? I mean, Tyrese Maxey is obviously the best young guard in basketball. I mean, is there any other takeaway than that? <laughs> is it true? I saw this. I saw a tweet that said he scored more points in that game than Ben Simmons has ever scored in a playoff game with Philly or in, in all the games. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I don't know if that's a confirmed fact, but as a guy that had to watch and endure Ben Simmons in the playoffs, that sounds like a factual fact that he made, I think, more threes in, in one playoff game than Ben made during his entire career here. So, um, yeah, we, we, we here in Philly are very, very glad that Ben Simmons is no longer here and Tyrese Maxey is our, our, our new guy. Yeah, for sure. Well, what do you think of Doc Rivers? Because I still, in my head, I'm like, Doc Rivers is just a great guy. He's a winner because I'm a big Celtics fan. I live in Boston. What do you think of him as a coach? Oh, I'm so sorry. This is going to hurt. Uh, I think Doc Rivers is the worst. And, and the okay, fact this that, is why I'm asking. Okay. The, the, fact that he didn't <laughs> blow, the fact that he didn't blow a double-digit lead yesterday was maybe the most shocking <laughs> thing I'd ever seen um, in the playoffs. You know, ever since he's gotten here – we have kind of gotten the sense that like he's looked down upon us as, as sports fans. And um, I know Boston, I know Philadelphia, I know New York, Chicago, like we're very proud of how smart and passionate I feel like we are about our sports teams. And, you know, ever since he's gotten here, he's been like only in Philadelphia, would they not understand the greatness that is Ben Simmons or he, he would, you know, spout off to reporters about like, you know, would you ask Greg Popovich that question? Um, and it's just like he's kind of had this high and mighty kind of a look down upon the city that has honestly it's frustrated a lot of Sixers fans, especially when, I mean, he's seen no one in NBA history has blown more 3-1 leads in, in the playoffs than Doc Rivers. Uh, we watched him blow uh, an 18-point and a 26-point lead in last year's playoffs. All throughout the playoffs last year, we were saying, hey, uh, you should probably take Ben off the court late in games because, they're going to foul him and, and send the line. It could cost you. He kind of scoffed at that, and, and then he ended up doing it in, in game six and seven. Um, and then in game seven, after they lost, he ultimately threw Ben under the bus, thus creating the whole debacle that has been the last, like, eight months of Sixers basketball. So, um, you know, Docs, if he was a great X's and O's coach and a guy that I believed in, I think we would let it pass. But the fact that he's, been disappointed from that standpoint, and he's also kind of uh, acted higher than the, the the fans. He is not well liked in Philadelphia. Yeah, Jack Fritz is our guest. BetQL weekends, WIP, uh, tuning in with us here. Back to the futures on the BetQL radio stations throughout the country, the Odyssey app, and the BetQL network. Uh, Jack, let me ask you. Uh, we'll get to your parlay, which was absolutely heartbreaking. But oh, let's let me, let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you about Minnesota Memphis. We talked briefly about that. T Wolves were seven point underdogs in this one. I thought this was an interesting matchup. I got a buddy that covers the NBA, and I text him and I said, "I'm kind of liking the Wolves in that first round against the Grizzlies." And that was before they even beat the Clippers. I couldn't believe they got the seven seed, considering what Cat did, but they did and they outright win game one. What are we to make of the T-Wolves and Grizzlies series? What was your takeaway? Yeah, uh, on Friday on, on Back to All Weekends, I, I said that the Timberwolves, I felt, were a, a frisky pick here uh, to win the series. You know, I think I think the Grizzlies are a really good team, but it's almost like they're a year away from, from really being in contention. I think they ultimately win the series, but um, this kind of feels like they're welcome to the playoffs uh, kind of experience. And it's so weird 
how good they are when John Morant isn't playing. Like they're they're good when John Morant plays, but they seem to be like a superstar offensive team when he doesn't play. I and mean, even yesterday they went on a big run uh, with him on the bench. So like Jaw's obviously awesome, but I think there's something there that uh, you know that something may seem off there. And the T Wolves, you know, <laughs> Anthony Edwards is just remarkable, and he has absolutely no fear. And I think when you have a kid like that in this kind of series where almost like the the opposing fans get him more ready to go, I mean, that's just – that's a special kind of talent. So the, the T-Bulls have kind of been losers forever. Like, they've just been a losing franchise post-KG. But you get in a real winner like Anthony Edwards, and it kind of just changes the whole shape of your franchise. It's like Joe Burrow going to, to Cincinnati. That's how I feel about Anthony Edwards going to – to the Seawolves. And, you know, it kind of makes Cat, it's like, oh, wow, Cat's actually an unbelievable player. Uh, Patrick Beverly is the perfect postseason player. He he just fits the this series, you know, Memphis, grit and grind. That is Pat Bev. So um, they have a, a young superstar that's not afraid. They have a, a, a second star that um, I think the rest of the, the world is finally starting to realize is a pretty damn good player. They have Patrick Beverly, who has no fear. And you have a guy like Malik Beasley who could just hit six threes out of nowhere and steal a game for you on the road. So, you know, I thought the T-Wolves were frisky heading into the series, and there was nothing from game one that kind of deterred me from that. I will say, I didn't think Memphis played that well. You know, I think Desmond Bain, it looked like the moment was a little too big for him in his first playoff game. Um, So I think he's a guy that I trust to kind of bounce back. Jaw is obviously Jaw, but I I think the T-Wolves have a real shot to steal this series in Memphis. No, oh, for sure. So we have to get to your parlay because this, I, I've just, all I thought was heartbreak emoji when I saw this. Okay. So all time bad beat. This was, you tweeted this out. You yes. have Joel Embiid to record four plus assists, Pascal Siakam to record four plus assist, a Siakam again to score 20 plus points, James Harden to score 20 plus points, Joel Embiid under 33 and a half, Tobias Harris over 14 and a half, all hit, all's good then. You come to Fred Van Fleet over 18 and a half points. How many points did he have? 18. Mm. Devastation. How oh, what, was your re- what was your reaction? How did you feel? What was your first initial thoughts? What happened? Lucy, I can't believe you're making me relive this moment. Um, it, right, it was, right in your heart. Yes. So not only <laughs> did he score 18 points, but he fouled out with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like, wh- since when have you ever seen a point guard foul out with nine minutes left? And it was a crap call anyway. Like, it wasn't even a good call. Uh, and then I think he got a technical walking through the bench. So I'm pretty sure he might have got seven fouls, seven fouls technically against him. Um, you know, my reaction was, like, classic. Like, I feel like I can never just win one like that that kind of that kind of makes my week in a way. Um, and I was just sitting there like, in absolute disbelief. I mean, it was it was ten to win four hundred. I mean, that's the, that's the week changer. Oh, oh and, no! I know. Wondering I, about this. Oh I have, my goodness! I cannot. I mean, I've never seen a point guard. I've never seen a point guard foul out with nine minutes left and needing one. And, and also, there was a point in the third quarter, which I, I'm sure you got you guys are like this as well when you're watching a game and you're like, that's going to come back to bite me. And he uh, attempted a three-pointer in, like, the middle of the third quarter 
where he definitely got fouled and they didn't call it. So I, I started thinking about that and like, if you just call that, I'm over that. And it's having a, it's having an unbelievable night. But of course, it didn't happen. Everything else hit, and it was just a, it was just an utter disaster. Oh, I mean, is Jack that like? Fritz. Oh my God! The basketball yes. gods do not want me to win tonight. One of those things, like un. I mean, this is this is something. Now it was nice. They they gave me one on the nightcap, so I was able to I was able to make up for it with a nice little winner to uh, to finish out the night. So I, I appreciate that from the basketball gambling gods, but um, it's going to take me a while to get over uh, Fred VanVleet being fouled out with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that, that, that one's going to hurt for a long time. Jack Fritz is our guest here. Beck UL Week in Sports Radio WIP. Um, Jack, the Golden State-Denver series, a lot, a lot of people made some noise about, hey, could Denver do this, right? Steph a little banged up. Uh, Golden State not playing as well in the second half. And you've got probably the league MVP in Nikola Jokic. Uh, Denver absolutely housed. Now, I know Draymond said, you know, Jokic probably come back with a 40-15-15 and 15 game. He respects him a lot. Is this series going to be much of a series, or did that game one kind of tell you that this is going to be a quick one? Well, I just, I just think it's rich that Joel Embiid has been shamed uh, by for being tired at the end of fourth quarters in playoffs the last couple of years, and I have to see the supposed two-time MVP be winded on the bench as he's getting boat raced by the Warriors last night. So there was a little part of me that was like, yeah, that's what the national media gets for telling me that. Nikola Jokic's VORP is the reason why he should be the MVP over Joel Embiid. But regardless, yes, it, I think this series is beyond over. The Nuggets just don't have enough. And, you know, I just – the Warriors, everyone loves to talk about Steph and, and Clay and Draymond. But the, the, the most underrated thing this whole, this whole regular season, and now I think that it's starting to play, off, uh, play out in the postseason, is like Jordan Poole should be in that class. And he put up 30 points last night. He's an electric three-point shooter. And they haven't had that guy when Steph has been banked up. Uh, they can kind of run the point. Um, and, and Jordan Poole can do that. And, you know, last night, 30 points, 30-plus 30 points, six threes, I think. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a pool party. And the Nuggets just don't have enough. And, you know, we'll see what happens when, when Jamal Murray comes back next year. But um, I don't know. I just I don't see – they haven't ever the, – the, the Nuggets, every time they played against a team that was good this year, they were they, they didn't win, I felt like. It was easy to bet against them, against teams that had a record over 500. So um, I don't expect that to change against a team that is as well-constructed as the Warriors, and Steph's only going to get better from here. So um, I, I predicted Warriors in five, and I see no reason to kind of move off that. Hmm. Well, one thing that has really been heating up is a very hot topic right now, the MVP race which has a lot of spice to it right now, especially with Embiid in there. Who do you think should win the MVP? Do you have different picks for who you think will, who you think should? Who do you, what do you like in the MVP race? Well, I think it's going to be Jokic. Um, I mean, just okay. the, the way the betting trends are going. and um, yeah. kind of. How, I mean, obviously he put the 2,000, 1,500, which has never been done before, and um, how he ended the season was, was obviously really good. It's just frustrating, I guess, seeing Embiid go from the level he went from last year to this year, got even better. Um, and, you know, people love ha to talk about, oh, well, Jokic shouldn't have Jamal Murray. Well, Embiid didn't have Ben Simmons. And I know Ben Simmons is, like, not good. But, effectively, he didn't have a $33 million uh, second star next to him for a majority of the season and was basically carrying the Sixers on his back to, to, to being a top-four seed 
Um, in the East, obviously, James Harding is added, so he's trying to work him into that. Um, but as a guy that has watched him be grow, like, he's just turned into an unguardable force. And I think that, you know, for the first sec- first half of the year, he was, was, was having to play basically by himself. And it was just him and a bunch of role players, and he was willing them to, to, to heist that I don't think many people expected. Um, and I think the thing that killed Joel Embiid was, was on the two national stages against the Nets and, and Ben's first game back here, he played a little bit rushed, and, and he didn't have an, a great game. And then against the Bucks here as well, uh, Giannis blocked his shot to end the game. So um, I, I, the, the Embiid-Jokic argument is, is frustrating for me. I actually think that if I was voting, it probably would have been Giannis um, just because I, I think he got that team back to where they need to be, and I would bet on them to make the finals again. And, you know, just the last couple of weeks heading up to a one here and then one up in Brooklyn, and my takeaway from both those games is like, oh, my God, that guy's still the best player in the league, and I would be absolutely terrified heading into the postseason. So I think Jokic wins it. I would have voted for Giannis, um, but I think Embiid – is getting a little bit too much disrespect from the national voters. Uh, Zach, we will wrap it up with this as quickly as you can, man, because we're just under two minutes left in this segment. Um, you guys have nothing but mediocre quarterback play in Philly right now. Would you be okay if the Eagles paid uh, Kyler Murray $44 million a year? Would you want the Eagles to dive into Kyler Murray and pay him $44 million a year? So... I think Kyler Murray just has total loser vibes, but also I have to take a shot on that kind of talent. Like, I, like I, I'm sorry, I do. And I, I don't believe in Jalen Hurts at all. I think he is a yeah. perfectly fine quarterback, but no game-changing talent. Kyler Murray is game-changing talent. So, um, okay. yes, I would give the draft pick, I would give the money, and I would bet yeah. on him kind of growing up and, and, and turning into a great quarterback here. And I think the Cardinals are being – idiots honestly for for letting him kind of possibly test the market like you get a franchise quarterback you pay the franchise quarterback i don't care how much of a pain he is i can't imagine jack it ends uh particularly well with the guy you just labeled loser vibe if he doesn't i love it i'm stealing that total loser (laughs) vibes it succinctly encapsulates it Jack Fritz, our guest. BetQL Weekends does a great job for us here at the BetQL Network and works at Sports Radio WIP as well. Jack, thanks for hopping on with us this Sunday evening. Happy Easter to you, and uh, may the rest of your parlays hit the rest of the way forward. Oh, we'll be following it closely. I'm already uh, looking forward to see how the, the Suns game uh, screws up a parlay for me later. There we go. <laughs> Let's talk about the Kyler Murray thing and wrap it up. Back to the Futures next on the BetQL Network. It's Chelsea Messenger helping you bet smarter on the daily tip, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app and search BetQL to beat the books. Your home for wagertainment is the BetQL Network. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. 
BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. I'm Listening Daily, brought to you by Genomind. Here's Michael Phelps on finding change within yourself. I can say as an athlete, you know, I think we're supposed to be these big macho men. You know, that's part of what makes us who we are. So so we compartmentalize that and we stuff it away and we don't talk about it. It's not healthy to, to carry something like that through life. And, you know, in, in, in 2014, I just came to the point where I was sick and tired of carrying it through my life. And, and I wanted to find change. And, and, and that really, I guess, for me, forced me to become vulnerable. You know, for me, that was just something that I was looking looking forward to. I was looking forward to finding that vulnerability because I wanted to see change. I wanted to see what else I could go, you know, what else I could do to help me. I'm Listening is brought to you by Genomind, the Genomind mental health map, the new expert starting point for your mental health. Visit mentalhealthmap.com to learn more and order your mental health map DNA test kit today. That's mentalhealthmap.com. It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. So I didn't think I was that invested in the West, but then I found out, oh, I am invested. Because one Ian McMillan said, not win the championship, but if the Arkansas Razorbacks can make the Final Four, win two more games, they are halfway home, just win two more, that you're going to get a hog? You're going to get a Razorbacks tattoo? Yeah, of course, me being, uh, I had to open my big mouth. My coworker Peter Dewey, said on a video for Betsided last week that he had Arkansas in the Final Four, and I thought that was such a ridiculous pick. Uh, like I said, me and my big mouth had to open it and say I'd get an Arkansas tat- or Razorback tattoo if they do make the Final Four. BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, we will wrap it up here, Back to the Futures, on this uh, glorious Sunday evening. Lucy Burge over there in Boston. I'm over here in Portland, Oregon, as we're both dealing with crazy weather going on all over the place. Uh, Milwaukee, Chicago are involved in quite a dogfight. Reminder... Milwaukee lost every game one last year in the playoffs, except for the game one against Miami. So if they are to fall tonight, it's kind of what they do. Giannis is a plus 16. Last I checked, they were only up one point. Um, so that doesn't bode well for the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks. I want to leave, though, Lucy, this last segment with some football chatter because yes, we do please. have a Boston. Anytime Tom Brady is involved in the story, I get a text from Lucy of like, we got to talk about got to do it. Don't think I don't Google Tom Brady's name every day and see what he's up uh, to. There's a Tom Brady story. We'll get to that. But I want to start first 
We just talked with Jack Fritz of BetQL Weekends, WIP Sports Radio in Philly, and I thought he said something very interesting. Not that it's going to happen because the Cardinals are adamant they will not be trading Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray this past week, he did the pro athlete thing. He unfollowed the team, and he complained about not being paid, and then he followed him again and posted pictures again, and now he wants a contract, and Arizona could not reach an agreement. His agent pulled their initial offer and basically said if Kyler does not get this deal, Kyler will not play this season. Now, I don't particularly buy that, Lucy, but Jack Fritz of uh, WIP Sports Radio in Philly, as passionate a sports city as there is, I asked him if they would want to pay Kyler Murray $44 million a year, and he said Kyler has, quote, big loser vibes, end quote, but he said he would do it because it's a franchise quarterback. Where are you at on Kyler Murray, the threat to not play, and wanting to make $42 plus million a year. Yes. So he said total loser vibes, which I love. I'm stealing that, using that. And I agree with him on that. I, I do agree with him also. Actually, side note, Giannis MVP, agree with him on that. I like him. He's He's got some good takes there. So yeah. I, Kyler Murray is good. So yes, I if I if my team was interested, yes. If Mac Jones over Kyler Murray, I don't know. Maybe. But I think he, you go back to Chris Mortensen's tweet about him. He's immature. I don't want that. I don't want any of that near my, my team. So you don't get to want that kind of money if you are immature and you have total loser vibes. He does, I don't know what his leverage situation would be, but I don't think he should use any position to be scrubbing his social media of teams and doing all of this stuff that is, again, immature. Chris Mortensen right on the money with that immature when you are especially using social media in ways like this, when you are dealing with this kind of money, this kind of contract, this position you're in, in life to go bigger picture here, that he is not as uh, grateful for what he has as maybe some should be. And uh, I think he's just, it goes back to that tweet. He's immature. So I wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. So here's an interesting thing. It's the last year of his deal. We obviously saw it with Kirk Cousins. Teams can tag their quarterbacks, but they're going to pay him a pretty penny, and Kyler would make quite a bit of money. I think Arizona ultimately, let me just say it for the record, I think Arizona is going to get a deal done. Like they, Every indication from Arizona, and I've talked to people from Arizona on my radio show. I've texted with some, you know, I've texted a couple people out there just to kind of get a read. Like, hey, you know, I'm doing a radio show out here. What do you think? Every indication seems to be, that Arizona wants to keep him, that that's their franchise guy. So despite what you may hear, what you have heard, I don't think Arizona's changed their position. That being said, I don't know if it would be the worst thing for Arizona to kind of test this theory. Oh, you're not going to play. You're really not going to play. You're going to give up those millions of dollars. You're going to get fined millions of dollars. Okay, cool. Like there's a part of me with these quarterback contracts, like a lot of guys are worthy of being paid. Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. It would be ridiculous to say otherwise, but I do think he's a little limited. I do wonder if he can physically hold up an entire season. And I look, I'm sorry. It was his first playoff game. Not always going to be perfect. It was awful. That was one of the worst showings I think you could have had as a young quarterback in your first playoff experience. It's not to again say you can't redeem yourself this coming season. It's just to simply point out that I, I don't I wouldn't feel great about paying Kyler Murray that kind of money. I just I, I wouldn't. And and I know we're at this place now where everybody goes, well, what else are you going to do? And Lucy, I don't know what the answer to that is. But paying Kyler Murray 44 million potentially a year, maybe even more as it escalates through the years. 
I, I just I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. I'd, I'd like to see another season of what he just did. Go show me that again. Get me to the playoffs again. Maybe win me the division and do what you did. They were one of the best teams the first 10 weeks of the season. If I'm Arizona, I'd like to see that more than hand him that blank check and say, fill it in for 42 or more per year. Exactly. Especially with an attitude like that, and then you pay him that kind of money, I would feel sick. And if he does nothing, I would say, well, that's down the drain. What are we doing here? Plus, he has, again, a bad attitude. So, no thank you. Get, get he, lost, he, Kyler Murray. He, he hasn't thrown for 4,000 yards, and Zach put it in the chat. He's never had 30 touchdown passes. Like, I know what some guys doing? go, well, yeah, it, it's, it's you, have to, you have to beat teams that way. It's not to say your legs yeah. are no val- aren't valuable. It's just simply point out, um, you can't, especially the way it happens, too, right? It's at the beginning of the year, he's really good. And by the mid to, to end of the season point, you kind of go, eh, not really buying it. He's a little banged up. It's a shoulder. It's an ankle. It, you know, whatever it ends up being, that's kind of what it has been. And I watched the guy fall to the ground and throw an underhand interception pass to the Rams in the playoff. Just a very poor showing. So I get it. It's negotiating. I want everybody to get their money. But I think if we're looking at the business side paired with the X's and O's of this, I, I, I would not feel great about paying Kyler Murray that contract. I, I slightly disagree with Jack. I don't know how much of a franchise guy he is. And so that's what would worry me uh, quite a bit on Kyler Murray. So there's my thoughts on Kyler Murray. A total loser vibes is what me and Lucy are riding with. Now, let me ask you, Lucy, uh, this really drew your attention. There was a tweet sent out by Tom Brady, simply Mm -hmm. tagging Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And I want to say who else was in that tweet? Was there three players? None other than Aaron Rodgers. and Aaron. Thank you. Aaron Rodgers. Many people wondering what this is. I, I think I know what it is. They do this all the time, but what do you think it is? So I think I know what this is. And I think this is this has to do with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. I still don't know the difference. That's on me because I don't know anything about this stuff. But I am hoping maybe that he wants them to also be in this movie that he's probably still doing, 80 for Brady. And what if they do a road trip film together? Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> doing a, a road trip film, the QBs for TBs or something, or something like old QBs and a couple young ones or something, some movie like that. And it's got, I mean, it has to be cryptocurrency, but I mean, you could wildly speculate on what they're doing. Maybe they're all retiring together. Maybe they're all doing a subway commercial together. Maybe he just felt like creating, again, chaos on this Easter Sunday. And again, Easter Sunday, and he's doing this. Very interesting. But just it's eyeball emoji at Aaron Rodgers, at Josh Allen, at Patrick Mahomes. And it's it's got quite a, a lot of reaction with a lot of people saying, what in the world are you doing? But this has to be cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, business, autogra- at, at autograph, at his company autograph. I bet they're all doing some kind of NFT. Again, I don't know the difference, so that could all be the same thing. But it's it's got to be an I would say an NFT with autograph because he just signed, who was it to autograph? Uh, James Harden yesterday joined autograph. So they will have their first drops, maybe. Like that's what he's. This has got to be a business decision opportunity. Yeah, I'm kind of with to. Rick here. Uh, Zach should probably book a crypto bro yes. and then oh, walk let's do you it. through what crypto is and 
yep. explain all of the different coins that you could collect. It feels yes. like Pokemon at this point, except they actually have real currency. So yes, this is like are. when you could collect all the state quarters. That's how I think of cryptocurrency. Oh you get the oh, what's Hawaii gonna be? Is it gonna be a pineapple? What is uh? El that is Arkansas the oldest thing be? you've ever said. You know oh, that, I right? That. That's the I oldest had, thing you've ever said. I had the little book, and you, my brother and I each had one, and we had our little. We're like, oh, let's find all the quarters. What's Connecticut gonna be? What's Massachusetts gonna be? What's Florida gonna be? Oh, I loved it. So that's what I think of when I think of Bitcoin. Commemorative coins. Buy you know, ten I, for the five ninety nine. <laughs> I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I remember when those came out. I don't know how old <laughs> I was, but I remember when those came out. And I remember seeing that commercial in my trailer at our trailer park and somebody goes, who is this for? And I said, somebody in Connecticut. And it, lo, <laughs> go and behold, there it was. There was Lucy right there. Us white trash rednecks out here in Oregon. We're wondering who made, why would we make all these quarters? And Lucy's like, oh, I got a book. I can't wait to do it. Here we go. And I got to put all the quarters in the little, we got to get the last one, which probably was Alaska. And it's like, you got to get the last one. With little 10-year-old me being like, let's let's count all our change and find the quarter. When's the next one coming out? So, yeah, that's that's yeah. what Tom Brady's doing. It's definitely small potatoes here. But, yeah, that's definitely cryptocurrency and, and the metaverse. And I remember, just, you could... I remember just thinking you've got to be having a pretty good life if you're just collecting quarters to not <laughs> spend them. You're just that's putting awesome. them in a book. And, like, I'm just like, that's like $5. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Yeah, well – I will say whenever money. I see a commemorative quarter, I, I wait to put it in the parking meter. Like I got to save this one because it's like it's oh a little special goodness. still for the little state quarter. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an update here. You listen to the podcast can be dated, but update is three minutes <laughs> and 30 seconds left in the fourth. Milwaukee up 85 uh, to 80. We're going to we're going to wrap it and wind it down with this, Lucy. Um, how has betting baseball been for you? I've seen a lot of your bets. Seems like you're doing pretty good. Uh, tell yeah. the listeners and tell me, how is it, how's it been going? So it's been a journey. This has been an, an odyssey, shall we say, of, uh, oh. of bets where a lot of my Red Sox bets are hitting quite well, I will say. I had some De a Devers home run prop that hit on Fenway opening day. Excellent. Jackie Bradley Jr. to get a hit. Hit right away. But my bets outside of that, not as fantastic. Shohei Otani, my my lord, my king, Shohei Otani, absolutely adore the guy. I had him to go over five and a half strikeouts. He had five. Mm. Not not a fan, not a fan of that. So I'm, you got I'm still fritzed. working. You got fritzed. I got totally fritzed on this. Totally fritzed. Total loser vibes. Not him, but but you know other people. So yeah, <laughs> it's. I would say I'd say B B B minus right now, but it's going okay. 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 Well, I've had a lot of bets on the Braves, and they're five and five. So it's it's. It actually not been good because you think I'd be even and I'm not. I'm down because I bet more money on some games more so than others. Uh, follow Lucy on Twitter at Lucille Birch. She'll have all her baseball bets. She sends them out daily. There's usually two to three a day. Exactly. And you can follow and see how good or bad she is. If she gives you some money, I think it only right that you find a Connecticut quarter and you quarter. send it to her so she can put it in her book. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for Jack Fritz for hopping on. This has been Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge, Brandon Sprague here on the BetQL Network. It's Chelsea Messenger helping you bet smarter on the daily tip, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app and search BetQL to beat the books. Your home for wagertainment is the BetQL Network.